Uh, two lessons ago, we uh, kind of did a review through Jude, through the first 15 verses, and talked about different ways that we could see apostasy, particularly verses 4 uh, through f- verse 15. But then in our last lesson, uh, we, we looked at two traits of spotting an apostate. We'll review uh, two of them here tonight and then uh, carry on with the other two. But the first one we looked at, and we didn't really get a chance to look at the Old Testament verses like I would have liked to, so we'll do that tonight, is number one, uh, there are four traits. So if you have your introduction there, four traits for spotting an apostate. We, now, we've talked about this over and over. I realize some of you are new to our Wednesday night Bible study. An apostate is not just a lost person. They are somebody that has completely rejected the grace of God. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at it in the lessons ahead, where not only do they reject the grace of God, according to verse 4, they pervert the grace of God into a license to sin. So this is not, these are not people that maybe you think, well, they just kind of, they don't know about the gospel. You know, there's always folks say, well, what about those folks that don't know the God? The apostates are not that. They have been confronted with the gospel and they have said, no, I do not want that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Now, again, there are lost people who say that initially and then God melts their hearts. Praise God. The apostates, it's, it's almost kind of like when, when God shows us the book of Jude, it's a unique perspective because we're, we're in that church age. We're in that, that gospel age where the gospel is given out to be. And that's our job, ladies and gentlemen. Our job is to give the gospel. Our job is not to uh, give everybody a thermometer and see if they have spiritual temperature or not. Our job is to get the gospel out there. But when we look at Jude, it's almost like looking at it from the perspective of God because the apostates in Jude are not going to be saved. They're never going to be saved. They have crossed God's dead line. And again, that's hard for us to accept in this day and age that there are people, and by the way, only God knows who's crossed his dead line and who hasn't. Amen? I think if somebody would have looked at me 26, 27 years ago, they might have said, well, that guy, there's no hope for him. I'm glad that somebody shared Christ with me. Amen? I'm glad that somebody gave me a gospel track all those years ago. But these apostates, these ones that have rejected the light, they have turned themselves to the light and turned to darkness, there's four traits that we see in verse 16 for spotting them. First of all, number one, murmuring manifestly. That word manifest, it means for all to see, for all to hear, amen? Murmuring manifestly. And that is, it's, it's very interesting as you look at verse 16, it, it corresponds, he's talking about these are apostates that are walking amongst us right now, okay? They, they're murm, they murmur manifestly. They're just like the mixed multitude in Old Testament Israel. And that's in verse 5, those that came out of Egypt Okay, and uh, that was that mixed multitude. So this murmuring carries the idea of grumbling secretly, and yet it bleeds out for all manifest, amen? So when apostates murmur against authority, they are truly murmuring against God. So here's what I want you to do. Hold your place here in Jude, and let's go back to Numbers chapter 14, and here we have a great 
uh, Old Testament example of murmuring, manifestly murmuring. And that was when God had said, I want you, I'm, I'm going to choose out spies and we're going to go spy out the land of Canaan. That's the land I have promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And uh, you're going to go and conquer that land. And you remember what happened? The 12 spies went and 10 were bad and 2 were good. And again, I, I've given this challenge before. Uh, I've never known anyone that can even name one of the ten spies that were bad, but we all remember Joshua and Caleb. It's amazing to think about, amen? It's just a list of ten names. But I, listen, I feel like I know my Bible pretty well, Brother Jeff. I don't, I don't know any of those names. I know, they're, they're, you know why? They're on the scrap heap of unbelief. That's really where they are. They're on the scrap heap of unbelief. But verse 14, we find, or chapter 14, uh, verse number 1, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried after the people wept not, that night. Why did they do that? Because the ten gave their report. And what was their report? There's giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. There's no way. Joshua and Caleb said, listen, we are more than able to overcome them. We got God on our side. And what happened? They just, those ten discouraged the people, discouraged the hearts of the people. And it says, they wept that night, and all the children of Israel, verse 2, did what? Murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Now, those of us, again, that know our Old Testament, Moses and Aaron were God's authorities. Correct? Okay. Moses, listen, Moses was God's man. Uh, but remember when Aaron and Miriam rebelled against Moses? By the way, it's an interesting, uh, this, this is a whole different subject. Remember why they, he, they rebelled against Moses? Because he married an Ethiopian woman. A Jewish man married a black woman. And uh, so if you think racial strife is anything new, it <laughs> goes all the way back to the book of Exodus, Amen that they were upset with Moses about that. Well, he, he was God's man, and they murmured against him. It says, And the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt, and would to God we died in this wilderness. Jump down to verse number 27, please. And verse 26, I'm sorry, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, and said unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? I have heard the what? Murmurings of the children of Israel. Now remember, who did they murmur against? They murmured against Moses, correct, according to verse 2? But then God says this, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Against God. When, see, they were in actuality murmuring against Moses, but Moses was God's man. But listen, I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor. I'm saying this because it's in the Bible. When you get to murmuring against God's man, God takes it personally. God takes it personally. Look, go, go further down. Go to verse 29. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and all that were numbered among you according to your whole number from 20 years uh, old and upward, which have murmured against... That's God. Verse 35. 
I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and there shall they die. Listen, what, what has happened here? They murmured against God. Now, by the way, please, please don't misinterpret this. If a pastor is out of line, and a pastor becomes unbiblical, the congregation can remove the pastor. And let me say this, and should remove the pastor. See, there are guys in pulpits uh, that have done things that would disqualify them from being in pulpits. This is not what this is talking about. This is talking about when a man of God has the word of God and has the leading of God, and people begin to murmur against him, God takes that personally. And apostates always do that. Apostates murmur against God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, they... They hate God's authority. They hate God's authority. So, number one, murmuring manifestly. Number two, complaining chronically. Back in uh, the book of Jude, complaining chronically. We, we went through this last week, so I'll not linger long uh, here. But verse 16, it says, These are murmurers, complainers. And we have a note here, Apostates murmur because they mock and care nothing about the truths of Scripture. They have rejected the truth of Scripture. Now, by the way, thank God for this. Just because a person rejects the truth of Scripture does not nullify the truth of Scripture. <laughs> the illustration we have in regards to truth is gravity. You can say, I don't believe in gravity. But if you try jumping out the ninth floor, gravity is going to show you it is still truth. Okay? Listen, just because apostates mock and don't care for the truth doesn't mean the truth is any less. But they complain and chronically, uh, so, and thus they complain about and try to pervert the beliefs and teachings of the church. Ladies and gentlemen, that is is what is going on in 21st century society today. It used to, you, do you remember when, this, see, I, I'm old enough to remember when all this argument over this particular lifestyle started uh, 30 years ago. And it was, well, you just, you just live your life and we'll just live our lives. That, that's fine. That, I mean, that's America, right? You know, who cares what goes on behind closed doors except now, What's went on behind closed doors is now paraded in front of all to see, including children. Huh? And so they they now come and they, they say, you know what, it's your 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 bigotry that's the problem. It's your hatefulness that's the problem. No, again, this is why God gave us the epistle of Jude. Go back and look at verse three. Look what it says there. It, it, it tells us why it was written at the end of verse 3 and into verse 4. It says uh, that uh, I was right unto you, I was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered for the saints. All this stuff that's going on, you know what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen? It's about truth and error. That's what it's about. It literally is about the God of truth and the truth of God. Versus error. And where do you see error? Just look at verse 4. How does, how does it come about in a church body? I'll tell you how it comes about. It says there, For there are certain men, 
crept in unawares. They, they looked the part. Maybe they had a big Bible. They, they, they walked the walk a little bit, and they sure talked the talk. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation? What kind of men? Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. What is that? That's twisting the grace of God and make it a license to sin. Remember Romans chapter 5, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What a, what a verse. What a, what, a, what a thought. That wonderful thought. Then Paul says in verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. See, the apostate says, yes, we should. We should continue in sin. That's lasciviousness, a license to sin. And so the, the, the idea here in Jude 16 is that apostates murmur, they complain because they mock and care nothing for the truth of scriptures, and thus they complain and try to pervert the beliefs and teachings of the church. So those are the first two that we've already done, and I'll move quickly through these next two here. Number three, not only murmuring manifestly, and you get a double alliteration here, complaining chronically, then living lustfully. So just like uh, the mixed multitude in Israel, in verse 5, they murmur manifestly. Just like the angels who kept not their first estate, they complained with Satan about their first estate, they complained chronically, and then living lustfully, walking after their own lusts, this is certainly a hallmark characteristic of an apostate. That is living after their own lusts. Just as Sodom lived for and in lust, and that's verse number 7. So we had verse 5 for murmuring manifestly, verse 6 for complaining chronically, verse 7 for living lustfully. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah lived in lust, so does the apostate. So does the apostate. Jesus used the same word found here in, if you want to write this reference now, I'll read it for you, Mark chapter 4, verse 19. Mark chapter 4, verse number 19. And that is, it says this, Mark 4, 19. It says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word. You remember, that was the thorny soil in the parable of the sower. The lusts of other things. And so the apostate lives lustfully. He is beholden or she is beholden to their lust. Now let me say this. I have this in my notes on purpose here. Backsliders can yield to lust. You know why? Because we have flesh, ladies and gentlemen. We have flesh. We still have this old nature that still wants to do what it wanted to do before you got saved. Okay? However... Here's the difference. Backsliders can yield to lust, but never be happy living in it. See why? Because a backslider is a believer. They have the Holy Spirit inside them. Okay? The apostate is perfectly happy letting lust control his living. Just living by his lusts. 
see it over and over. We'll look again in, in uh, verse number 19. If you, if you look there, it's again, uh, we're a little ways from this lesson, but it, it, it tells us that right there in verse number 19, if you look at it there. Uh, it says, these be they who separate themselves, sensual. That, that idea is lustful, okay? So living lustfully. This is a hallmark characteristic of an apostate. Just as Sodom lived for and in lust, so does the apostate. Jesus used the same word found here in Mark 4.19. Backsliders can yield to lust, but never be happy living in it. The apostate is perfectly happy letting lust control his living. So murmuring manifestly. Complaining chronically, living lustfully, and then number four, speaking selectively. Speaking selectively. We'll go through this quick. It says there in verse 16, they speaketh great swelling words. This is another easy feature to recognize about the apostate. Their pleasing message, their pleasing message would not offend Brother Moneybags. You wouldn't preach on covetousness if you're an apostate, because that would offend Brother Moneybags. Uh, there, it, nor would they preach on gossip, because that would upset Sister Wigglejaw. Right? Forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. Apostates don't preach to get people to change. By the way, that's what real preaching is. Teaching is for the head. Preaching is for the heart. It's that you would take the Word of God, apply it, and make appropriate changes for holiness and righteousness in your own life. The apostate's not going to preach that. Why? Because he doesn't believe it. Or she doesn't believe it. So it seems that the apostate only gets really upset and rails in criticizing God's Word and those who literally believe and live by it. Isn't it amazing? Have you, ever, have you had this experience yet where literally somebody looks at you simply because you believe the Bible and live according to the Bible, that somebody literally looks at you like you're an Auschwitz guard? It's amazing. It's amazing to me. You're just like, hey, I'm just trying to live in my little corner of the world according to my conscience. It's getting worse, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Those of you that are senior, senior saints, what I call on Sunday, seasoned saints, uh, listen, God bless you if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I have little kids that are going to grow up in this world. If the Lord holds off and doesn't, doesn't return in our lifetime, it's just amazing to think about how quickly this, this has all happened. It's just absolutely amazing. So apostates, in regards to speaking selectively, they are respecters of persons. Respecters of persons and itchy-eared teachers, according to 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Those teachers having itching ears that turn people unto fables. They laugh at us because we believe the Bible, and yet they turn people unto fables. These traits allow God's people to spot an apostate. I give you a blank line there. I want you to go to this uh, passage with me. Go to Matthew chapter 7. 
verses 15 through 20. Brother Horgan and I were talking about this passage before church tonight. So murmuring manifestly, complaining chronically, living lustfully, speaking selectively. These traits allow God's people to spot an apostate. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. The world loves to quote Matthew 7, verse 1. They, it seems like it's the only verse they know. Judge not that you be not judged. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? The entire rest of this chapter is about making proper judgment. Literally. Now, here's what I will say. You should get the beam out of your own eye so you can see clearly and make proper judgments. You know what that means? Before you clean somebody else's house, make sure your own house is swept up. Hmm? Take care of your own sin. Confess your sins to God. Amen. But after that, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2 tells us. And he says here in verse number 15, he says, Beware of what? That is apostate teachers. That is exactly what we are looking at between verse 4 and verse 17 of the book of Jude. Apostate false teachers. So he says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You know, when I, I read that, I think they, creep, they crept in unawares. They look like sheep. And it goes on to say, ye shall know them by your, their fruits. You know what that means? You see the fruits of an apostate, you have to make a judgment as to what those fruits are. For the, for the judge not crowd, you have to make a judgment. And he gives us, he says, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Rhetorical questions here. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. So you look at a tree and you have to judge whether it's good or not. And you judge it by whether it bears good fruit or not. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Again, judgments. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, a judgment. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Say, why'd you read that, Pastor? Murmuring manifestly is a fruit. Complaining chronically is a fruit. Living lustfully is a fruit that falls off a corrupt tree. And speaking selectively is a fruit. It is something observable that we can look at and say, no. By the way, it's a sad thing when these characteristics can make up a true child of God. <laughs> Makes it a little confusing. I've seen it. I've mentioned it. I, I don't have time to linger. We have uh, 10 minutes. We want, want to give some time to prayer here. But spotting an apostate, these false teachers, they murmur manifestly, they complain chronically, they live lustfully, they speak selectively. Okay, we're going to go to prayer. We've got about, about 10 minutes.